Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. We are talking about beauty standards today. I'm going to uh, introduce my co-hosts and then um, they're going to explain or one of them is going to explain a little bit about how this came to be. So I'm happy to welcome back Ishita and Nika to the podcast. Welcome back, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hello. So Ishita, this was your idea. I'd love for you to introduce the topic and why are we talking about this today? Yeah, so it kind of came up for, uh, came from, I would say, like a conversation I had. Um, so some context. In one of my university classes, uh, we were talking about perception at large, and we dove into beauty standards as a part of the class. And we broke into discussion groups, and the person next to me was very curious about how beauty standards work for people who are blind and partially sighted. Um, I think it came from like a very just a place of curiosity for her because she was kind of surprised when I was talking about, you know, feeling the same way about not fitting into some beauty standards, why it can be harmful for some of us. Um, even though we can't see, we still are aware of them and we'll get into that a bit. But I thought it would be a cool podcast to like a topic to talk about on the podcast because I think a lot of people don't think we even know about the beauty standards, let alone feel pressured to fit into them. And how we perceive them when we can't see. So I thought it'd be a really cool topic to like dive into. And I wanted to hear um, your perspective, Sean, and Nika's perspective, because I think it'll be really cool just to like see how we all perceive the standards that society has put on us. Absolutely. I think this is a great, a great topic and I'm excited for the conversation. Maybe we can start with what beauty standards mean to each of us. Nika, why don't you jump in here? I mean, I feel like there's a difference between like societal beauty standards and then just our own standards. I feel like um, societal ones, I feel just really pressured to follow. I feel like especially like there's a lot of extra standards for women and just I'm constantly being inundated by them on social media. Um, just like anti-acne, anti-aging, um, like LASIK hair removal, like all these things I'm constantly seeing. And I think all these standards just take away the joy of beauty and fashion for me. Um, my own personal standards are definitely just to, I like to look clean, I like to be presentable, and I like to wear what makes me feel good. You know, it's so interesting until you just said that our own standards and societal standards, I didn't even think there were two different things because I think that my, my, I only have societal standard of beauty. Like I didn't even think about what do I think is beautiful? It's always been, and maybe, maybe that's because I'm blind. I don't know. Like sort of like, this is what you're supposed to live up to. This is what you're supposed to look like. This is what's considered beautiful. Never even stop to question what do I think is beautiful. 
Uh, so yeah, that's really interesting. What about you, Ishtha? What, how, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I think it's very similar to what Nika said, because like there is the distinct distinction between what society expects is beauty and um, what I, I guess I would think is beauty. But I'm going to also add another element of cultural differences, because I think what people in the West deem is beautiful is very different from um, back in India where, where my well, my my land, uh, like my parent where my parents are from, that society's like the the like the standards are very different there. So um like for example, and I think it comes from a lot of like, you know, we can get into some of like the negative stuff that it brings with it, but like a very I have issue with is being very light skinned. That is um something that's very desirable in I would say Asia in general. And if you are born with that, wonderful. But if you're not, you're kind of seen as less than and that's like an awful awful thing that um i've always tried my best to distance myself from and you know always speak up against whenever i get the chance to but like there's literally like skin whitening treatments that they provide mm -hmm. and it's a normal thing there yeah. and it's like uh and it's it, like you know really really irritates me that but you know and um, when we come to kind of the general i would say society standards you know like nika said clear skin um as a woman having long hair um fitting into a certain body shape um that stuff you know and sometimes like i i do have very long hair so some people really really love that and they're like oh my god it's like come and touch it and like all that stuff right and um so it's like i fit in some i don't fit into some and it's like a weird place that i find myself in and i guess my personal sense of a beauty standard is just i would call it librarian-esque <laughs> i love feeling like cozy and like wearing cardigans and like sweaters i love that that's my i would say aesthetic mm -hmm. um it's what i feel most comfortable in so that i would say that's mine personal being comfortable being happy with the way i look and um agreed with nika also clean presentable um and then that also kind of leads into the hyper perfectionism which we will get into later but yeah it's weird it's a lot of different elements playing into it when you kind of like dissect it and it's interesting that you brought up skin lightening products because even just mainstream Western brands, like I saw L'Oreal brought, um, had some sort of like skin lightening product as well. And that was kind of uh, very controversial. Um, and when you say aesthetic, it's interesting because I feel like I don't have an aesthetic. I have like five different aesthetics in my closet. I have like my weird clothes that have like pictures of food on them which i love but then i also have like my sporty clothing my like casual sweaters knit sweaters and more cute kind of preppy clothing i have um just like plain clothing i have clothing that has like inspiring quotes so i almost feel like my aesthetic i can't even label it it's just so many different things i also love kind of the um, lawyer working in the office blazer pencil skirt look so I I don't know I just my aesthetic is me I guess that's the only word I can think of to describe it it's interesting but uh, Sean and Nika like do you guys um embody what people tell you looks good on you like I feel like I've been told that oh the the boxy um like you know professional look suits me a lot so I've just unconsciously uh, kind of gravitated towards getting those kind of clothes because I've gotten reinforcement that it looks good on me. But have you guys experienced that as well? Like, I'm very curious to hear if that's that's happened to you. 
I definitely need to know that something looks good. You know, if I go shopping, I want feedback that that looks good or that doesn't look good. And I completely trust in that. So if somebody says it doesn't look good, even if I love it, it's going back on the rack. It's not coming home with me. And there have been times when I've tried something on and I've really loved it and I've been told, no, it, it's not flattering. And so I don't buy it. So I, I don't think I can really figure out like what does look good. I think I like, I like jeans and a sweater. That's probably my most comfortable outfit to wear. Um, or, or something sporty because it's comfortable. And I think I prefer things to be a little bit more fitted than really baggy. Cause I feel like if I'm wearing baggy, it's, it's maybe making me look bigger than I am, but I don't know where I learned that. Um, I was always told that I look good wearing like flowy shirts and tight like leggings or jeans on the bottom or I've been told I look good in like dresses that are really tight around the waist and then flare out at the bottom um so I do kind of take that into account or if someone says something I'm wearing is really nice um it does make me feel good and I do kind of have that reference but I'm also kind of a rebel without a cause and I don't like being told what to do and I'm stubborn um and part of it is I don't know like I'm just at this place also in my life where I'm on this like body positivity journey so when like someone and my parents tend to be just more um I guess conservative in the way they dress probably because like in Iran which is where we're from a lot of what I would wear uh is basically illegal like even wearing a t-shirt and like capris is illegal um, so I do get like a lot of pushback when I wear like crop tops or even like shirts that have like a really low neckline. And it's not that I'm doing or wearing these things on purposely because I want attention, but it's just because I'm at a place where I'm starting to love myself and I like wearing them. And because I'm very short, um, sometimes when I carry weight, it may look like I'm more overweight than I am. So I've been told sometimes that with crop tops, I have to be more careful to find ones that fit properly or ones that are more flattering. I think also trying on clothes will give you tips about what your body looks like in comparison to the beauty standard, because I feel like clothing is designed with a standard in mind. So if things are always tight across the shoulders, then I guess I have big shoulders, for example, right? Like, is it, do I have big shoulders <laughs> or do they just not fit into the the standard of what size uh, the optimum woman's shoulders should be? I don't know. Well, even in certain countries, um, sizing is different. So when I've shopped at the States before or when family bring me clothes from the States, when I tell them I'm a size medium, they'll get me a size medium, but it'll always end up being like oversized on me. So they have to always get a size down versus I don't have personal experience with this, but in some Asian countries, I've been told that when people shop, they have to get a couple sizes up as well. So even like culturally, um, body standards and shapes are different. Oh my God, yes. When I was in Asia for a wedding, and I was like 11, 12. I think my, my shoe size was like uh, six, seven here. It was like a 34 in their shoe size. So um, that was fun navigating and being told that I have very, very big feet for 
what is standard there. Um, so yeah, the sizing in, uh, like Nika said, in a lot of countries is very different. And in Asia, I think you kind of see the very, um, I think the body type that is idolized there is very petite, especially for women. Um, so if you kind of go there, you want to shop around, it's a very, um, and so I would say also sometimes there are people are very straightforward in telling you that you don't fit the standard here and you'll hear like shopkeepers say it to you. Um, and you know, that that's not a fun experience when you're not used to hearing that here. I think people tend to be more gentle in the way that they say that stuff, um, or at least present alternative, like alternatives there, or like try to at least fit you to something that will make you comfortable. Um, again, this is just my experience though, just when I went, but yeah, they tend to be very blunt about you not being able to fit into stuff there. Mm. So how have you guys figured out what the standards are? I guess this is sort of a question to all of us, but you know, I, I mentioned trying on clothes is a little bit of a tip. I tend to look in the stores. If I go clothing shopping, I think, well, if this was created to sell, it must be something that is within the standard, which is kind of a weird, you know, but there's such a range in style. And so there's kind of the, what is considered beautiful, but the, within that range, how do you figure out what fits for you? I don't know. It's honestly, this is an area that I find overwhelming and I worry about a lot. And I tend to try to just sort of go with the average, not stand out too much, kind of blend in, going for the fitting in, not not the standing out. I mean, I'm a total fashion nerd and I'm not afraid to admit that. So I probably put in like way too much effort, but every season at the beginning of each season, I will specifically Google like 2023 spring trends, 2023 summer trends, and I'll kind of sift through what I think is interesting and what isn't. I'm also subscribed to different store emails. So I will get emails with new products and I'll go and kind of read the descriptions for all of the products. And that's kind of when I'm like, okay, clearly leather pants and leather skirts are in, or clearly the very thick cable knit sweaters are in. Um, that's how I tend to do it. And also I'm just, I'm someone who is also very, I guess, involved in pop culture. I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of YouTube in my spare time. So I'm constantly seeing either ads like YouTube ads for like certain brands, or I'm like listening to people describe like clothes in shows, or I just hear like certain things. So that's kind of how I piece it together. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. I'm happy that Nika's here because me and her and she can attest to this. I think our styles are very, very different. Um, the most risky I'll get in terms of my wardrobe is wearing white and that's it. <laughs> like black <laughs> is my standard. Uh, I like I have like all black and like maybe two or three colors mixed in there. Um, but like, I think, yeah, so in terms of like learning, I think it comes a lot from maybe just what people told you. I think growing up, it came, it came out from my family. Um, and then as I got older, watching media, um, I think I picked up on what things were considered desirable, what things weren't. So like, you know, in a lot of like teen shows, um, some of the girls will bully the girl that, that has acne or that is a little overweight or is shorter or, you know, has glasses. And it's like, oh, okay, so these things aren't considered desirable or aren't things that 
people, I guess, would consider pretty. So I think that really shaped a lot. Um, but I guess in terms of what I, and, you know, I think a lot of that also comes into the conversation of developing insecurities in ourselves because of it. Um, and then working through that, because like that's its own journey. And, you know, getting to a point where you're happy with yourself is a very important, but a very difficult thing to do. Um, but I think me, I tend to gravitate towards classic style. So a lot of a lot of black, a lot of sleek. Um, I like I don't like patterns as much because I sometimes worry that the patterns will clash. Like I I know basics on like stripes and plaids don't work like you know i try to like just stay away from it because i think i just confuse myself um i definitely don't do as much research as nika but um you know i'll, I'll kind of like go through some popular youtubers or some of like their instagram posts and see um luckily like i think some of them also add descriptions on what they're wearing so that helps a lot and seeing like oh that's a cool like they're like wearing some pants and like a nice flowy shirt and like they describe it a bit so Kind of just seeing, I think, what people are wearing. I pick up a lot from that so I can understand the trends. Um, but I do like to stick to what I think looks good on me. And for me, that's just kind of like dark, dark colors, um, more fitted stuff. And then kind of seeing how I feel about it that day. Yeah, I think not being able to see what people are wearing on in media or even in real life is definitely one of the... One of one of the things I find hard about being blind, I th I think I feel insecure a lot about whether I'm fitting in or, I mean, I have clothes that I've had for twenty years that I still wear, <laughs> and I think, how can this? I was wearing a sweater yesterday that I got nineteen years ago. I don't wear it that often. It's just a sweater, like a zip up hooded sweater. Like I think it's still fine, but. You know, you just question, how, is this still acceptable? Um, is this still in style? And I was talking with someone yesterday and they were talking about suits, um, blazers and how, you know, it can be outdated. And I'm like, a blazer seems like a blazer to me. Like, what makes it outdated? But apparently the way the collar is, you know, rounded or not rounded or whatever can change whether it's in style now or not or whether it's out of date. So when you, you know, once you're an adult and you stop, your body stops growing and changing, you're kind of like your clothes continues to fit. You can wear it for a really long time sometimes, but I don't know. I just, it's so hard. And I think being able to see what other people are wearing kind of tips you off a little bit on, oh, nobody's wearing pointy toed boots anymore. I guess I shouldn't wear those or, or, or decide that, yes, I am going to wear them, but know that I'm wearing them intentionally knowing they're against the trend whereas i feel like being blind if i'm wearing something out of date people are going to assume it's because i don't know that it's out of date and not that i'm just making a fashion statement yeah that is like one of the things i wish i could do is kind of see the details of what people are wearing when i'm in a like lecture um or a class for school because i've been told that i tend to like overdress or i've been told that things i'm like oh where's this school and my mom's like um that's more of like a going to a restaurant type of like shirt and i don't know i just prefer to dress more formally um and i can't really verify to see if people my age are dressing more casual or not mm -hmm. i think this 
plays into the conversation we are having a bit before about hyper-perfection and perfectionism, geez, um, where I think we don't want to present this idea that we don't know how to dress ourselves. You know, we don't want to wear something too baggy because we don't know it looks good on us or like, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to to hear your thoughts on it, guys. But I think for me, like, like, like if I go to university, I think maybe like 80% of the people wear a hoodie and sweats and that's normal. And that's like acceptance. That's totally fine. Um, but you know, when I go, I don't feel comfortable wearing that because I feel like it gives off the impression that I don't care, which I don't think it does at all. I don't know where I got this idea, but, mm-hmm. um, like if I'm, and I'm always like asking people if there's a stain on my shirt and I can't see it, like, oh my God, can you like look at it? No, no. Can you look at it in the light? Because I want to make sure mm-hmm. that like, there's nothing on it. Like there's no lint, there's no none of that. Um, and like, it's like, realistically, no one's standing like two feet away from me is like staring up my shirt no one's doing that um but I just do that to make sure that I'm presenting a clean look that I know um like that that again like I I know how to dress myself I you know try to like it's just it's a whole thing and like trying to make sure my hair is hair is perfect and nice and I don't look like I just rolled out of bed and can't even though like I said I think a lot of people especially when you're a student and sleep deprived that is normal and that is totally fine but I don't know. I thought in my head that that's not okay. Curious about your hundred percent agree. <laughs> totally. I won't go anywhere in sweats except to the gym, and then straight home again. Like even though, yeah, like and and that like just rolled out of bed look is probably what a lot of university students look like most days, right? But <laughs> when you're blind, it, it, you, there's this pressure of like, well, I don't want to look like a sloppy blind person that doesn't know that they're sloppy or even even like when i go places that are acceptable quote unquote to wear sweatpants like swim practice i always feel bad i'm like my coach has only seen me with my hair in a messy ponytail wearing the same hoodie and sweats over and over i don't want her to think that's all i own even though logically speaking you're obviously going to a swim practice Mm -hmm. and no one's gonna think that that's all you own or that's all you wear or um I was kind of in a rush and I didn't and normally like my friend and I who swim together we sometimes will go to like a restaurant or something afterwards and I was just lazy and forgot to pack like a nicer outfit um so I just kind of wore the same thing I wore to the pool to the restaurant and I'm like I look awful, even though, again, it wasn't a nice restaurant. Like, it was IHOP. Like, (laughs) okay? Like, we're not talking about the keg or Cactus Club or a steakhouse or anything. We're talking about, like, a casual diner. Yeah. And I was still stressed out about what I was wearing. Jenna, I did the same thing on a walk the other day. Like, in the middle of nowhere, just in a park. No one else was there, just me and my friend. And I took like 10 minutes to get ready. Like, we weren't that she was on the way getting me. But like, you know, I'm like, I got to wear the nice track pants, the nice sweater, my good jacket. And she's like, we're going on a walk. Like, why are you? (laughs) No one's going to see us. It's just you and me. What is the point of this? And I stopped and I'm like, I have no idea. It's kind of dumb when you think about it. But then it's like, it's kind of just ingrained in us, I think. 
always present that we can be independent and we know what we're doing and we don't want people to look at us and be like, oh, it's okay. She's blind. She doesn't know what she's, it's like, you know, acceptable for her not to do that or not to know what she's wearing. Like, I think that's what I worry about. And I never want someone to see me and think that. So I'm just like, always present your best self. And it can be exhausting sometimes because sometimes you did just roll out of bed and you want to just, just get to class or get to whatever. So I think I, I dress for my friends and family too. Like I have the same issues around my family, around my cousins, around my like my friends, like, did I wear the same sweater last time I saw them? Are they going to think that I only wear this one thing or <laughs> like, it's, it's really bad for me. I, when I started, um, cause I have a side job as a counselor and initially it was one day a week in the office. And I had a document where I kept track of what I wear on Mondays because I was only going to see those clients on, you know, once a week or, and some people come every week and some people come every other week or once in a while so I'd have to look back through the document and be like the last time I saw that person was I wearing this sweater because I don't want to wear the same sweater three weeks later like they're gonna think that's all I wear and (laughs) I was so worried about it it was so silly and I bet nobody's noticing I mean no one will even like people can't even remember what they had for breakfast like a couple hours ago yeah yeah It's like when I think about it, you know, even if I'm sitting next to someone where I can see what they're wearing, I don't remember what they were like. Mm -hmm. I didn't I'm not going to like think about that. Like, why would my brain take up space for that? It's going to take up space for the like other stuff that's going on. And it's like, well, other person's probably thinking the exact same thing. Like, why would they remember what I wore? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm stressing about it. Like, I wore this like four months ago. Oh, my God. People are going to think I don't have any new clothes. And it's like, ugh. I don't know why I do this to myself. (laughs) I think I do also have this idea that, you know, everyone else is perfect all the time. Like their shoes are never scuffed and they never, I don't know, have like a stain on their shirt or they never have hair out of place or look windblown or whatever the thing is. Right. And so when I, when I have any kind of blemish in my wardrobe or hair or whatever, I'm just so worried about it like like I'm standing out like I'm looking wrong in some way I mean it's not really helpful if someone also like maybe a sighted person in your life is constantly pointing out every single imperfection you have true yeah and they do tend to when you can't see tell you sometimes when something's wrong because as and I do want to know like on the other hand if nobody told me and I went out in the world and had a stain on my shirt, I would be really upset to find that out later. So I want to know, but then when you are hearing what's wrong all the time, uh, yeah, you start to sort of obsess about it a little bit more. Well, it's also like really awkward. Like the other day, I'm not sure how the shirt was perfectly fine when I wore it. I didn't do anything. And then there was weird like specs on it and my mom like in the elevator we like it was full of people starts like patting me down and i'm like uh please don't touch my chest in public in front of people (laughs) yes i heard like a really great rule um and i can't remember where i feel like it was on like youtube shorts or something but uh the rule is if you can't if it can't be fixed in 10 seconds or less don't point it out um to strangers 
Mm. Like if it's something that they can quickly just fix, you know, point it out, that's fine. And you think it's something that's like temporary and accidental, point it out. But if it's something that can't be fixed in that time limit, just just don't bring it up because odds are they're aware of it, but they couldn't do anything to fix it. Um, and I think that's that's a generally a good rule to, to follow just everyone um, because, you know, you don't want to go around unintentionally bringing up insecurities in people. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you have a giant pimple on your nose today. It's like, great, thanks. Thanks for having that. Like, what do you want me to reach in my purse and pull out my concealer that I don't have? Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, realistically, I couldn't do anything about it. You don't need to bring it up. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's a rule we all should just start following. And by the way, if we have a pimple, we know. Yeah. We don't need you to tell us. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things aren't just visual. I think people also don't understand. You can feel stuff on you mm-hmm. a lot of the time, or you can feel if something's out of place or anything like that. So it's like, we don't always need to be told. But So this brings up something that happened to me recently. You were mentioning if you can't fix it in 10 seconds. So what about after the fact? So for the gala every year, um, and our gala, our Blind Beginnings Gala is coming up May 6th. But every year, I most years, I get my makeup done professionally. And I don't wear makeup very often. Um, and if I do wear makeup, usually it's very little. It's like lipstick and mascara, maybe. And that's about it. So when I get my makeup done professionally, it's an ordeal. It's an hour process. It's crazy. I don't even understand. My face is not that big. I don't get why it takes that long. But anyways, um, <laughs> so I usually get, you know, people say I look good. And uh, recently somebody told me that it was too much and that I shouldn't really go that route this year. It didn't really look like me. And so... I'm now looking back thinking, oh my goodness, all those people that were like, wow, were they meaning, wow, you look ridiculous? (laughs) Or did I look good? Was everyone lying to me because there was nothing they could do about it or nothing I could do about it? Or is this person wrong? Or did it just not look like me, but I still looked okay? Like it's just made me have a lot of questions about how I looked last year and what to do this year and is too much makeup. You know, I mean, she was contouring all over the place because she was sort of explaining what she was doing when she was putting on the makeup. So maybe I really didn't look like me. Like you can do some amazing things with makeup, but does that mean I looked bad? So anyways, have you had that situation where after the fact, somebody has told you, given you some negative feedback and after an event that was really important? Uh, never anything to that scale, but I went out with um, friends for a friend's birthday and I was having some fun with my jewelry and I thought, I'm just going to layer a bunch of necklaces with each other. And I came home and my mom goes, those two necklaces don't go together at all. And I'm like, thanks. Like I was really proud of my little combination that I created but I guess it looked tacky Mm. I actually had a very similar situation to you Sean and that was a few years ago when I was I think like 17 it was my cousin's wedding uh weddings are big ordeal in my culture (laughs) so 
you know, we woke up at like 5 a.m. to get our, our ready and our makeup done and everything. And um, I was excited because I also don't do makeup um, and I didn't know anything about anything. So got sat on the chair, took about took a while, probably like half an hour and it was it was done. And, you know, I could only see I, I would see the bare minimum. Like I could see that my eyelashes looked longer. I could see the the lipstick, but I couldn't see much else. So to me, it looked not a lot but everyone in my family was like that that's way too much you look way older than you are you look like you're in your 30s and i'm like oh okay well now i can't wash it off because we have to go to the wedding and like i I don't know what to do anymore so like um you know i i kept hearing that throughout the day that i looked older and you know it's not a good thing and you know all that stuff but um i think realistically it's like well you do the makeup to look different I don't know like why that's a bad thing personally, but I guess a way that I've learned to remedy that situation is to just be very upfront in in knowing what I've learned to like. So um, telling the person that I actually like my face shape, I don't need to make it angular. I don't need the contouring because I just prefer it, my face to be kind of round. I'm like, I like that. So maybe we can skip all that um, and just maybe do very basic stuff in terms of the makeup and just maybe as they're going explain what it is that they're doing and how they're doing and what the effect is going to be um like that's what i found has worked better Uh, i feel a lot more comfortable and less anxious and like looking in the mirror and i like look like a clown or something like worried about that um but i guess yeah i've been in the situation it felt awful because it's like oh i didn't have any control over how i would end up looking Mm-hmm. What did you want me to do in that situation? And it's like I was getting blamed for looking like that, even though I didn't do anything. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's it's a hard thing to navigate for sure. Um, well, yeah. you, I don't know if I like the shape of my face. I have no idea, right? I don't know. Maybe she made me look better. Like maybe I didn't look like me. But like <laughs> it's just, are you? I don't know. It's really hard when you can't look in the mirror and say, "Wow, I really love the way I look." and and rock that or not you know and at the time I was confident I went into the evening feeling confident I thought that I looked good and then to find out a year later that maybe I didn't has just made me really feel like I feel really embarrassed now but I don't know if I should be feeling embarrassed and it's you know it's an awkward thing to be go back to people and say so did I look really bad last year (laughs) and and who's going to tell you the truth about that anyways right yeah it could be just someone's opinion maybe one person thought it wasn't like you because you just never really wear makeup but maybe it you know look very distinguished and mature and everything and this is where i think it's really important i don't know if you get your makeup done by the same person every year or not but i think with like hair or makeup or stuff like that especially when you're blind it's really important to find someone who you gel with really nicely and kind of stick to that same person mm-hmm. i agree yeah i have had the same hairdresser for i don't know 13 years or something and i'm happy with her and she knows me and we're you know we're kind of friends now and she knows my personality she knows that i want something that is you know somewhat stylish but easy to do that's not going to involve a bunch of crazy stuff that i have to do every day <laughs> and yeah that i have no issue yeah you're right it helps a lot when it's the same person and they know you 
I mean, I learned that story the hard way last year because I have been seeing the same hairdresser for two years and he's great. And because my hair is curly, when I tell him to cut it a certain way, he's very good at showing me how the curls will like align when it's a certain length. Um, he's great at like describing like the exact shade of red that he's dyeing my hair to and everything. But then he left the hair salon that I went to and started his own business and it's like further away from me and his prices are also just really expensive. So when I was looking to get just a haircut, I went to the same hair salon and just booked with a random hairdresser. And I told her, I'm like, I want to still be able to put my hair in a ponytail and a bun and to like braid it and stuff. I just want like a like small haircut. And keep in mind, this was a month before the Blind Beginnings fashion show, because of course that would happen to me. And as she's cutting my hair, I can feel like like where it's hitting. And I'm like, wait, like I can't even feel it on my neck. What's happening? Um, and then she starts like cutting more and then I feel it. I'm like, like, what did you do? And she said, because I'm blind, I don't know what looks good on me and that I don't know what I like. So she took it upon herself to give me like a full on pixie cut. Like my hair didn't even at the bottom of my ears. And I was, and keep in mind, like I, this for me, I always like to have my hair past shoulder length. Whoa. What did you do? Um, I did not tip her. Um, and I went home and cried. That is so inappropriate. Wow. And like now it's just barely long enough to put in a ponytail. I can still put it. Um, I still can't put it in a bun. But I've been on the hunt again to find a new hairdresser. And the one I found, I, I did a consult with her first um, because I'm paranoid now. And she was super great. Um, I told her like my horror story and she was so disgusted on my behalf. Um, she's very cool about the disability thing. Very cool even about my guide dog and like com- coming with my guide dog to the salon. Um, and we were kind of discussing about doing a small trim and I kind of decided that I'm gonna completely start fresh and bleach out my entire hair. And she said like, you know, she would describe all the different toners and all the color and I really trust her. So I'm hoping that this will be a much better experience. Wow. It's hard because I think this plays into like a bigger conversation of how people in services like that don't know how to really uh, connect with clients with disabilities. Um, I, maybe it just comes from lack of experience or lack of training. But then like, uh, I don't know, you want to trust them because they're professionals and they should know what they're doing. It's like, okay, I guess I'll put myself in your hands. But then, you know, some stuff like this happens. And then I think also people might also say it's just hair it'll grow back what's the big deal but i don't know a lot of people identify with like certain features of themselves and a lot of women really feel attached to their hair and when something like that happens it takes months to get back to where it was and it's just like you feel like you can feel awful about yourself in that time oh yeah i mean i haven't felt like myself like i truly don't recognize myself and i haven't for the past over six months yeah it's just that's such a big deal to cut your hair that short, to do that and say, oh, you don't know what looks good. So 
I know better than you what you want. That I, That's just, you know, it's different. You can go in and see somebody and say, I need a change, go for it. But you have to give them permission to do that. <laughs> like that's, mm -hmm. wow. I'm sorry that happened. I had a bad haircut once and yeah, it wasn't that drastically bad, but it sucked. I mean, this is why I'm really passionate about educating people about how disabled people and blind people can be passionate about beauty and fashion to avoid experiences like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we care. I, I care a lot about my appearance. It, weirdly, it's funny. So I don't want to look like I tried too hard <laughs> because then if I get it wrong, it'll be obvious that I tried and I got it wrong. I just want to look acceptable like I didn't try that hard. I, does that make sense? Yeah, like you want to look like it comes like with ease. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned is that it's funny because like, I feel like a lot of things in fashion that I think would never work are things. Like actually I was coming to the getting ready for the trivia night, blind beginning trivia night. Um, and I was put, like putting on different earrings um, and I put it on, you know, I was almost ready. And my friend saw my earring. She's like, oh, you have two different earrings on. <laughs> to me, they both looked black and I thought they were the same, but they were actually like from two different sets. So I'm like, oh, okay. Oh God, I need to go change. And it's like, realistically, I don't think anyone at my table would have noticed because everyone is blind, <laughs> um, you know, and my friend's like, oh, that's actually a thing. Like people mix and match really all the time. Like, that's fine. You can just wear that. There's no need to go back upstairs. And I'm like, really? Like, to me, that's not okay. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like they're a pair of earrings just to match. Like I, that's what I always thought was normal and expected. But like, apparently that's the thing now you can do that. So it's like, I don't even know what's accepted and what's not accepted. And again, I wouldn't have been judged, but I like ran out of the car and like went to go change. It's like five extra minutes trying to find the other earring. So love that. <laughs> well, that's like me getting help to match my kids' socks only to find out that most kids are not wearing socks that match. And that's kind of a trend. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm asking my three-year-old to help match his socks so that he's got colors that go together. But yeah, maybe it doesn't matter. But but of course, for me, it's like, well, the blind mom, of course, her kid's socks don't match She because she can't see the colors. Like, there's that added pressure, which probably no one's thinking that. But And even if they did, like, it's totally like a double standard on their part. I know. And does it matter? Like, I can't see the colors. Like, that's the reality. Is that the end of the world? Like, like, it's not, I don't know what I'm trying to prove or hide, you know, it's, I don't know. I feel like if someone even came up to me and said something that I am terrified to hear, I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, I would be like, mm -hmm. okay, like, I wouldn't react the way that I think I would because it's happened in the past where someone brings it up. And I'm just like, oh, okay, like, it's whatever and then mm -hmm. but in my own head I amplify it so much and I freak myself out of not doing it or being hyper vigilant about it so it's I don't know it's interesting so do you get information about beauty standards through social media does that help or make things worse what are your guys' thoughts on that for me, it makes things worse I think because I follow a lot of people who are kind of similar in age as me and who do like similar activities. So I follow a lot of competitive swimmers 
And this one person I follow posts so many pictures of like herself in a bikini or herself in a crop top with like very, very deep, like plunging necklines. And I go into the store and I will try to like mimic her outfits. And I just feel awful about myself. I'm like, well, well, like she can like get away with not wearing a bra with clothes and she's fine, but I can't get away with not wearing a bra with clothes. And then when I do wear a bra with certain clothes, the bra shows and it's not supposed to show. And I just don't have like the, I guess, typical bikini body, even though I prefer to wear bikinis um, when I'm not training and when I'm just swimming for fun. So it's this really weird, like I get information and I get ideas on social media on like style and beauty but I'm never able to actually execute those things in my real life so it kind of just makes me feel negative about myself and lowers my self-esteem yeah I I don't know I think it's a little bit of a complicated uh, way to describe because the person I was talking to in my class thought that um first that we didn't use social media but also like something like instagram where it is heavily photo based um and it's a lot of people just showing off their outfits or the way that they look um that wouldn't impact uh she was talking about me in general but i i i think it actually it doesn't in a way because i don't necessarily project myself onto them i've never really done that um but i know it it does for some people a lot of people do uh, like Inka was just saying, like see someone in an outfit and want to try it out themselves and it doesn't look the way that they presented it. Um, it's like, well, realistically, what happened probably was that they're using a filter or they photoshopped the photo a little bit. It's like that may not even be dumb in general. And that's like a big discussion of topic in social media, especially celebrities, how they they do edit their photos to present it is presented as natural, but it's not. And that plays a big role in insecurities in people in society in general. Um, I think I I do use it more as an education tool. Um, maybe just seeing, I guess, what people are wearing, trends, understanding, maybe just kind of knowing, not necessarily to do it myself, but just to be aware. And um, diving into some of the more, like I love uh, me and Nika share a love of skincare and getting into that. It started from an insecurity of my skin and not having good good skin, but then kind of moving into the education side of it, of how a lot of people do skin skincare to feel confident and how I kind of worked through that myself and now feel a lot better about it. Um, so it has it has its roles in teaching me some of the standards that I think people have and I have for myself, but um, I don't think I've ever projected myself onto those what they emulate onto myself, um, thankfully, because I feel like it just sounds like it's a stressful thing to constantly be comparing yourself to others. And like, it's awful. And then just kind of keeping in mind that that's not really what a lot of people look like. Um, again, they're probably using a filter. They're probably Photoshopping it a little bit to present what they think everyone else will like and and be like, oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, so I think I just try to keep that stuff in mind. So it, it yes, it does impact me, but maybe not to the extent as um, other people who interact. I don't think it's a visual thing. I think it's just uh, the way that I perceive others in general. Well, and social media is so sneaky, not because the people using it are, but um, like you mentioned filters, but there's also apps 
apparently where you can literally like when you take a picture of your full body you can sculpt it so you can like make your chest bigger or smaller you can like sculpt your waist you can make your arms skinnier um you can like like make contours and highlights to make yourself have like pronounced cheekbones or not if you have a double chin you can like get rid of it and then there's also kind of tips of the trade um where like a friend actually posted a story on instagram and she was actually saying like basically when you see someone standing don't necessarily think that's what they look like because even the angle can affect it so if you see someone um who's standing a certain way like holds their hand like kind of in front of them a certain way it can hide something or if you're looking at someone from the front they can maybe look better than if they're standing to the side so even without editing there's kind of placement tricks that you can do to almost mimic and kind of give that illusion of how you look wow <laughs> i think the i can't see photos on social media and sadly the majority are not described so i do not even can like it's the one place i I'm not really getting feedback about what people are wearing or what they look like or what's attractive or what isn't. Um, I think audio description has helped me a little bit uh, when the describer of the movie or the show will say what so-and-so is wearing as they enter the room. That's been kind of cool to figure out, but that, you know, that's TV, that's not real life, but it's something. Um, just sort of like in this environment, people are wearing this or like Emily in Paris was a cool show with lots of really cool descriptions of clothing and which I imagine is quite stylish being in Paris. So, you know, that was fun to kind of hear about what people are wearing, but nothing like that I would probably ever wear myself, <laughs> but just to get a sense of like what's out there in the world, kind of cool. This has been a really great conversation. Thank you, Ishita, for bringing us this topic. And thanks for uh, being here today, ladies. No worries. It was a great discussion. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to mention that we are having our an annual gala on Saturday, May 6th at the Sheraton Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you haven't purchased your ticket yet, there is still time. Tickets are $135 for adults, 50 for children 12 years or younger, and $1,200 for a table of 10. Uh, and you can purchase those at on our website, blindbeginnings.ca. And it's going to be a really fabulous night. Our theme is uh, off to the races because it is the same night as the Kentucky Derby. So people are going to be dressed up and kind of going along with the whole Kentucky Derby horse theme. And we'd like to thank our co-sponsor for the gala this year, PCI Development. We're looking forward to seeing everybody at the event. It should be really fun. So get your tickets. All right. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a high rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. 
For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.